0: Fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time. Even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party.
1: This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. darn
0: right it is. Welcome into the program. What's up? It's the post-Monday celebration. The second day of the week, the greatest day of the entire day. It's time for us to carpet DM all over this place. What do you say, baby? Let's have some fun on the program. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. You know, I I have to laugh at times. We have some really, really, really serious issues going on in this country in the next week. And just to throw this out, not to be over-hyperbolic, not to be over-exaggerating in any way, shape, or form, but this week... Could be the make-or-break. Could really set the tone for the future of this country in multiple ways. Between this ending of title 42, the immigration issue, the debt ceiling, where we have until June 1st with the j- uh, debt ceiling discussion to be had between Kevin McCarthy, the Republicans in the House, Representatives, Joe Biden in the White House, and the Democrats in the Senate. Uh, yeah, there is a lot that could really set the tone for the country for a very long time moving forward, and. Curiosity, show of hands, what do you think is the top focal point and headlines in the mainstream media right now? Including, by the way, Fox News, all of them, CNN, MSNBC, CBS. Fox News, all that. Show of hands, what do you think the headlines are uh, in the mainstream media right now uh, when it comes to the major issue? Not the debt ceiling, although that is a little bit down the list right now. Not the Title 42, although that is a point of conversation. (laughs) No, 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 no. The headlines today, the live breaking news stories that you must know right now. It's, of course, the fact that Donald Trump has to pay $5 million to a case of uh, Gene Carroll, who he apparently sexually abused, and um, on a battery case and sexual abuse case, five million dollars paid. Her. That's the breaking news from the mainstream media right now. We have the the country's future literally in grasp of what's happening across right now on many different fronts, and we're worried about what Donald Trump is doing. Uh, if that's not a confirmation to you about the propaganda, the agenda. The slander, just the not caring about real issues, but just wanting the sensationalism, the sexiness of politics, and the mainstream media. That's it, man. Holy cow. Welcome into the show. we got a lot to talk about today. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. So however you watch or listen to the show, your Millennial General reporting for duty. Coming up, we're going to talk about all those issues at the bottom of the hour. Drew Allen. Drew Thomas Allen, we've had him on the program many times before, host of the Drew Allen Show podcast. We'll get him on to pick his brain on. It's interesting watching the Democrat response to these issues uh, when it comes to the debt ceiling and Title 42, because now they're saying Donald Trump was the cause of the mass flood of immigrants at the southern border, and Republicans are the ones obstructing them from actually sealing the border and causing a real immigration policy from really happening. Kind of interesting. That coming from uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, ha-ha, out of the uh, press secretary for the White House. Also with the debt ceiling, they're saying a tripod which we called that one. Man, we said that two months ago, that Democrats are going to put the blinders on until the last minute possible last minute and say, oh, by the way, Republicans, why don't you just raise the debt ceiling willy-nilly and just go along with it? Why are there any stipulations here? You've never had stipulations before. So we'll talk about all that with Drew Allen coming up at the bottom of the hour. On a more serious note, let's get into another issue for just a moment, shall we? What's trending today? And I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but I think it needs reiteration. And we've said this many times on the program. If you're new to the program based on our live streaming or our podcasting, which we're doing very well on both and new people checking it out every day. So thank you and welcome aboard. If you're new to the program, when we like to have these kinds of conversations and they need to be had because... There is so much manipulation and lies in society today, but you know the old verbiage that if you say a lie enough times, then it becomes fact because people just believe it. They don't know the alternative. So we have to push back on reality sometimes and show them what reality really truly is, and it's important to do so. And here's what I mean. As you know, one thing that happened over the weekend that's been in the headlines-ish a little bit, just for a particular reason, which, again, shows the propaganda behind the messaging and and the whole agenda they're trying to push here, is the shooter that happened at the Texas Mall over the weekend. Now, they're not talking about who the guy is, really. They're not talking about the mental health issues that he was battling, which he had. They're not talking about the motive behind it, other than he was a radical right-wing extremist. Now, what... I know it's a very vague term in today's times because what exactly is a right-wing radical extremist? Because that's what Donald Trump apparently is. That's what the entire MAGA movement apparently is. That's what Republicans and extremists apparently are. If you support the MAGA movement in any way, shape, or form, you are a right-wing radical extremist. And that's a very broad term used by Democrats and progressives now by anyone that disagrees with their woke agenda. But here's more that's trickling out, saying that he had swastikas tattooed all over him. He was part of, what do they call them, uh, white nationalist organizations. He was part of some group, and I can't remember their name right now, Some uh, uh, the right-wing death squad is what they called themselves, where he had swastikas and SS lightning bolts tattooed all over him, where he has made condescending remarks on social media to Jews, to women, and to minorities. Now, to any left-wing individual on the other flavor side of the aisle, they say that that must mean that, by definition, he's a Republican and probably a Donald Trump supporter. (laughs) See, I can't even say it without laughing because of how stupid it actually sounds. Uh, So I'd like to, again, just real quickly, remind the other side of the aisle, ideologically and uh, philosophically, what side Nazism, fascism, radicalism of that sense, really comes from? And we need to have these conversations because we need to push back on the verbiage and the conversation and the language. Because right now, Democrats control the language, progressives control the language, and Republicans and conservatives are always on the defense responding as opposed to calling it out for what it actually is. Nazism, fascism, are a progressive ideology. I know that's very triggering for some. I know. I know. But Nazism literally is a left-wing progressive ideology if you support bernie sanders that goes down that road to some degree and that's socialism we have to remind them hitler literally got elected under the national socialist party of germany and what was the agenda of the nazis in germany world war ii because that's apparently where we always go when it comes to uh when we try to Uh, compare things that are going on, and it gets very old when we always have to compare people to Hitler or compare people to Nazis or to compare people to the the genocide of what happened, the horrible atrocities that happened during World War II. Everybody always has to go back to that image and to that time era to reference everything that's going on today, and most of that is hyperbolic and completely insane. When people do actually try to identify with that because they're nuts— And they tattoo themselves with swastikas and lightning bolts of the SS on themselves because they're radicals of that sense. And they attack Jews and they attack women and they attack minorities. We have to remember where this ideology actually comes from. And it's not from Republicans. It's not from conservatives. It's not from limited government individuals. Let me ask you a question, and I know Democrats listen to the program. I know progressives listen to the program. So I ask you a very straightforward question because you've never been able to answer me honestly, even though you know the answer, you just don't want to admit it. How can a conservative who supports limited, small government and individuals having private sector, free market, capitalist rights to start their own business, to keep the government out of their life, and for them to make their own choices, how is that tied to Nazism, to fascism, that is a centralization of power through the federal government by consuming the private market, by consuming private industry, for the government to control, for the government to consume those economic benefits, for the government to control the workers of that time, for the means and distribution of goods, for the government, not for the private sector, for the centralization of education, with a public education system, indoctrinating them with the uh, mindset that you want them to have indoctrinated, with the safety mindset of let's go ahead and take away your firearms because law enforcement and the peacekeepers will keep you nice and safe. You don't have to worry about anything. When we have the control of content, and information of what you're allowed to have. Uh, sorry, no, that's misinformation. We're going to censor you. We're going to block you. We're not going to allow you to spread that message because that goes against the state's narrative. We're having that debate with social media and with websites right now, are we not? With TV personalities, with certain TV hosts, talk show hosts, radio hosts, whatever. It's a control of content. We can't let that information come out because that's just misinformation. How do you know it's misinformation? Because the government said so. What side of the aisle focuses strictly on identity politics? Whether it's they're evil because of their religion or their heritage or their skin color or their gender. As opposed to the same thing here of if you have these certain checklists, then you are super duper special and really, really important. If you have these other sets of characteristics, then you're probably the most evil person on the face of the earth. What side is separating on identity politics? on the heritage or the skin color or even religion. Everything we just mentioned was the platform of the Nazi party that was elected under the National Socialist Party of Germany, And that's exactly what the progressive movement is pushing today. Now, I don't say Democrat Party because there are some, and I will give the Democrat Party the benefit of the doubt for the old guard, blue-collar Democrats, the blue-dog Democrats that are out there that still support the old-school JFK-style Democrat Party. But I'm telling you, you better start speaking up and fighting back a hell of a lot more because right now you're in the vast minority of this Democrat Party, at least when it comes to leadership and messaging across the nation. I know this is a rhetorical conversation, and people are probably scratching their heads saying, Andy, we know this is ridiculous, but there are some that do not know this information, so we have to reiterate this, especially when they try to tie uh, the messaging, which there's a reason for it when they tie this messaging in and say, the Texas small shooter ranted against Jews and women and racial minorities as he had a tattooed swastika, so he must be a right-wing extremist. There's nothing right-wing about that. Well, he supports uh, talk show hosts like Nick Fuentes which I will say I don't know much about Nick Fuentes other than uh, the little bit that I do know about him is he's very radical and he focuses very much on uh, quote-unquote white supremacy mentalities or identity politics just as much as the left. And I'm here to say if you try to use government for your benefit, even for racial or religious purposes, saying, well, I'm super religious and super Christian, according to Nick Fuentes, therefore we need to bring back witch burnings? We need to bring back book burnings. We need to bring back calling out people of different religious uh, uh, views because they're of the devil, using government to oppress others based on their religious views. That's literally why we started this nation was to get away from that. Religious freedom, to believe however you want to. And while I have my personal religious flavor and my religious beliefs, I have nothing against anybody that has a different religious belief. We're supposed to be the loving, tolerant ones on the right side of the aisle. Not caring what people look like, what people feel, what people believe. We don't care. You live your life, dude. I'll live my life. We have our certain uh, societal boundaries to where you cannot call yourself a woman if you're a man and vice versa. So that way we can actually function as a society. We have to have some sort of standards and some sort of guidelines to function or else it's going to be complete anarchy. But outside of that, I don't care. And for those that claim to be on the right side of the aisle that are pushing for just as big government utopia to oppose their views onto other people, they're just as wrong. And again, that falls back into ideologically a progressive liberal mentality of control over the people. Let's remember this. It's sad we have to have this conversation, but try to tie it in. Why are they trying to tie it in? We'll do that when we come back here on The Voice of Reason.
1: This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is The Voice of Reason
0: with Andy Hoosier. I know for most people listening to the program, they're like, well, that was a nice little history lesson that we had there. But it's important to go down these and remind individuals, maybe for some of the younger, maybe for some of the newer listeners of the program, the newer generations that are trying to figure out. I don't know if they still teach this in history class. (laughs) Can we have a political philosophy 101 class in high school, please? Let's learn the basics of what these visions and ideologies are. Now, that goes into as well how they actually present them. If you Google, and I've said this many times before, do a difference between Googling and going back to a Webster's Dictionary, a hard copy Webster's Dictionary from 20 years ago. Look up the definition of socialism. Vastly different. Vastly different. The Webster's Dictionary from 20 years ago. Has the correct definition of what socialism is, saying that the means of distribution of goods and services in a nation is controlled by the government. If you Google it today, seriously, go on to Google and just Google definition of socialism. It'll say the means and distributions of goods distributed in a society are controlled by the people. Big difference there, isn't it? Because they have this mindset that if it's done by the government, they're a representative of the people. Therefore, it's a nice, fluffy, uh, you know, rainbows and beautiful colored uh, rainbows and the nice sunset and everything there of how wonderful socialism is because it's controlled by the people. The reason I bring this up during the times of, you know, the, uh, the debt ceiling and the Title 42 and all the other crises going on right now is because it all ties in. The labeling of this shooter in Texas that happened over the weekend that killed, what, eight people? Is the labeling of him as a right-wing Nazi extremist still trying to make the claim that Nazism, fascism, that this hate-monger mindset is from the conservative Republican right side of the aisle is just vastly untrue. But it's the hit job to continue the attacking of the credibility and of the character of people on that side of the aisle, meaning... The taking down of Tucker Carlson, all these uh, absurd claims and all these leaked footages, quote unquote, of Tucker Carlson behind the scenes on how bad he was and making all these sexist remarks and making all these racist remarks when he didn't really. And the things that he did, people knew were sarcasm because he's a sarcastic kind of guy. Donald Trump, the headlines on all of the mainstream media platforms right now, nothing to do with the major issues of the day. It's about Donald Trump having to pay some type of settlement for a sex abuse claim case. That's it. The tearing down of the character. And then, oh, by the way, remember just about a year or so ago, last fall, when the Biden administration came out and they had the red lights lighting up and it looked like Darth Vader walking to the podium, and he said the number one biggest threat to the American democracy, he loved using that term, democracy, was the fact that Republicans and MAGA individuals are the largest terrorist organization the greatest domestic threat to national security in america right now the most radical political organization in american history if they have an opportunity to talk about nazism fascism racism they falsely blatantly lie that it's the republican side to say look at much of a threat those guys are Look at how much Donald Trump's starting to run for office. And then look at this death squad from the Republican side led by Donald Trump and Nick Fuentes on how these individuals are causing harm in society. They're the threat to democracy. Because now you have has-beens who have been shamed publicly on getting booted out of office with near 60% disapproval in her own state, in her own district, making ads attacking Donald Trump. And yes, I'm talking about none other than Liz Cheney.
1: Donald Trump is the only president in American history who has refused to guarantee the peaceful transfer of power. Rather than accept (laughs) his defeat, he mobilized a mob to come to Washington and march on the Capitol. Then he watched on television while the mob attacked law enforcement, invaded the Capitol, and hunted the vice president. He refused for three hours to tell the mob to leave. There has never been a greater dereliction of duty by any president.
0: Yeah, that's a new ad that she has running. She hasn't rolled out, by the way, a presidential run, which <laughs> she can't even get her own state to support her, but yet she's going to be some Republican savior to unite the party and rid ourselves of the evil cesspool of Donald Trump. Okay. You can, you know, make a laughingstock of yourself if you want to. Lots more coming up around this the corner. Stay here. The
1: Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason Meets Radio. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh, I love
0: how it all ties in. It all comes together when you start looking and piecing all the pieces of the puzzle together. It's funny how everything works out, doesn't it? Welcome back into the program. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5 pound bag. Trying to rebrand the Millennial Generation 1 radio listener at a time. Multiple radio stations all over the place. Plus radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you check us out. Always appreciated. We'll get back to this conversation and just a bit about this this uh, character attack on conservatives, Republicans, Donald Trump, Tucker Carlson, uh, trying to link in the radicals. Remember, if you remember that time when Joe Biden stood up there with the, uh, the the lights dark and the red lights behind him, it looked like Darth Vader walking up to the podium and talking about how the biggest threat to American democracy Although, as you know, we don't have a democracy, but the biggest threat to American democracy is, of course, the radical MAGA extremist, most radical extremist organization in the history of the United States. And then any chance they can to link in other individuals like this shooter saying that, well, he had swastikas and he had the SS uh, lightning bolts tattooed on him and he was part of some right wing death squad and he watched Nick Fuentes. Therefore, he must be part of that right wing ideology when we know exactly what side Uh, politically and ideologically the nazi fascism identity politics uh, hate monger side actually comes from Uh, with that let's go to our next guest what do you say let's do this thing what's trending today excited to have back on the program and it's been way too long since we've had him on the show we love getting him on he is the host of the drew allen show podcast excited to have back on here mr drew thomas allen drew what's going on brother how you doing
1: Hey, great to be with you, man. It's always fun. I like I like what you were saying there. I think we should have a uh, Alan Hoosier University session here for free for the audience about left-right ideology that doesn't even exist in the United States of America. I mean, these, these guys, what's so sick is, you know, they refer to, for example, Nazism, fascism as far right, and, you know, communism as far left. But they're the same ideology built on a base of socialism. Socialism's an ideology. Communism creates a, a an apparatus in which it can be enforced an enforcement mechanism the same thing with fascism the only difference between fascist fascism and communism is that fascism allows private industry superficially but requires that it answer and serve the state communism of course abolishes all private property and so on and so forth and so when they try and link in what they call the right wing in america which is nothing but freedom-loving constitutionalism it has no nothing to do with this traditional sense that they talk about with far-right ideology. Those are embraced by the Democratic Party. We have never espoused Nazism, never espoused white supremacy, if anything that stems from, of course, the Democratic Party, the party of the KKK and slavery and Jim Crow. And they have they, they, they live on this lie they've been telling for a long time with a big switch that never happened, where suddenly, miraculously, Democrats abandoned their sordid history, became champions of—they became what we are, and we became what they were. It never happened.
0: Yeah, it's wild. I always ask him which makes them dumbfounded. I ask him which side and where's the correlation between the centralization of Education, the centralization of information and conversation, the centralization of manufacturing for goods and services, the creation of a safety environment by saying well, you, don't, you don't need firearms because the police state, the peacekeepers, are going to keep you safe. You don't need to worry about it. Like you said, the focus on identity politics and the separation of people based on uh, either class warfare or some type of skin color or some type of gender or some type of religious view. What side continues to fuel those fires? those are not in, in any of them none of those are conservative views in any way shape or form but yet somehow we support that mindset and that ideology i don't get it
1: no i don't either you know i saw stuff going around and you know i i i you know <clears throat> apparently you know that that guy the the shooter the uh hispanic gentleman the son of what seemed to be illegal immigrants here in, in allen uh, texas at the mall that shooter i mean these tattoos and stuff uh, from what i saw they were like fresh like he just got them uh, not long ago before carrying out this stuff. I mean, none of this stuff seems to add up anyway. You know, I won't go down some conspiracy theory lane, but it's like the more the more these conspiracy theories in general have come true, the more I, I'm inclined to doubt everything. I mean, we have the trans shooter in Nashville that, that, that targeted a Catholic school. Gee, I, I wonder why. And the FBI and the police have still hid the manifesto from us. Yeah. So so that is covered up and here, oh, they can't wait. oh they they did a deep dive on this guy and oh yeah, he's a he, he he watched an episode of Tucker Carlson.
0: <laughs> That's an interesting co- uh, content about the uh, the freshly made tattoos. I'd never even thought of that. I guess I haven't looked at the pictures uh, close enough, but that is very interesting for sure. The weird part is, drew, is that we have uh, and I said this at the beginning of the show today that we have multiple issues right now that will potentially change the direction of the country moving forward for the next 20, 30, 100, 200 years in this country based on the decisions that we see this week. And that's the debt ceiling debate, and that is the ending of Title 42 and the immigration policy in this nation. Those are two of probably the biggest things that could change the course of this nation moving forward. And yet the headlines we see right now is that this guy for the shooter was a Nazi right-wing radical and that Donald Trump's paying $5 million for a sexual abuse case. Those are the headlines of the media, not the two issues that could change the course of this country.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I mean, it's really diabolical the way they operate. They don't have the best interests, of course, of the country at heart. I mean, they they are... Uh, orchestrating intentionally the the destruction of the United States, and you're right; those two issues are massive. I, I mean, I was thinking about this today. I mean, okay, we've got Title 42; it's going to be lifted here, and we're going to have—I mean, we're going to have even more illegals invading the country. But it's hard to fathom that because there have already been more than seven million just under this administration. That's the that population is bigger than many states; it's bigger than any city we have. Seven million people. Where are they? What are they doing? Are they working? No. I mean. And meanwhile, we have this debt crisis. I saw they just approved another one point something billion of aid to Ukraine. That, that brings it up. I don't know what it is. You know, tens of billions of dollars at this point that they, they've they handed over there. And, uh, and they need to raise the debt ceiling. And, and, and it's just it's so sad to me that there's so so many ignorant people in this country that, that fall for this and don't understand just very simple mathematics and how things work in this country. I mean, we're insolvent. We're 30 trillion in debt. That's that's money that we already owe. And they're trying to give us this garbage about how we need to pay our debts down. You know, we're obligated to pay, you know, what we've spent. And yet what they're arguing for is they want to spend more, you know, uh, next year. That's what they're looking for. They want to spend more.
0: It's weird. Let's start off with Title 42 for a second, the ending of this, because, yeah, there are they're estimating near 10,000 people a day that could be coming across the border. And the White House, the administration right now, says they have it handled by sending 1,500 troops down to the border, And then Mayorkas is coming out and saying, Well, we've created an app so individuals can schedule an appointment so they can just waltz right in because they already have an appointment scheduled. They're not coming in illegally, they're just going to be setting an appointment to meet with us and waltz in at their own desire here and saying that the issue is handled. While at the same time, we have Karine Jean-Pierre coming out of the White House saying that Republicans are the ones obstructing immigration enforcement, how the Trump administration made the immigration issue worse, and how Republicans are Cutting Border Patrol agents and not wanting to actually seal the border. When did we come into crazy land saying that Republicans are actually advocating for the open borders and Democrats somehow are trying to lock it down and secure the border?
1: Well, this is their only strategy because by design, things are only going to get worse because it's Due to their policies, it's intentional, and so they gaslight and and they project. I mean, it's the same strategy they had with defund the police before the midterms. They tried to blame Republicans for wanting to defund the police, and that's that's such an outright lie. I mean, there's not a shred of truth to it whatsoever, and everything is blaming on Trump. And you're right. I mean, what what we're seeing here now in action, you know, they're sending these troops down there, and they lie about. Look, we sent troops. But really, all this is is about the reimagining of board, of the Border Patrol role, the reimagining of even these troops role. They're not going down there to, to prohibit these people from violating the law and invading our country. They're going down there like humanitarians to go and help them across the border, like you said. And, and, and you know, this is, this is really what they're doing through the back door without any kind of legislation. Uh, you know, Biden put in his, his, his immigration plan of, you know, several times it's come out. He's been calling on Congress to pass it, and that's exactly what it did. I mean, it basically makes illegal immigration legal. It says, "Hey, you don't need to come here and invade the border. Just tell us ahead of time from Honduras or wherever you are that you're coming, and it's all gravy." I mean, that's that's what they're doing. They're making illegal immigration legal, and this is unsustainable, and it's going to affect us and impact us forever. And the problem is now you've got seven million people here. They're not coming here because they love America. They're not coming here to to become American. They're not coming here to contribute to society. They're coming here because they know that they can. Uh, uh just leech off of the american taxpayer and, in hopes of one day getting amnesty and then becoming great democrat voters who can continue to vote for this welfare state that they're given and i i, I mean it's 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 gonna, it's gonna it's gonna sink us it's gonna yeah. sink us
0: it really is now let's focus on the republicans for a second they say they've come out with the uh strongest immigration bill that we've seen in this country right now the question is Why the hell did it take so long when they know they're in the minority and they can't get it passed? We have a Senate that's not going to look at it that's Democrat-run. We have a Democrat president that's not going to look at it. Why do we wait until we're in the minority and are helpless before we come out with these great plans? Then when we have the opportunity to actually pass things, they're like, oh, well, we have to go back to the drawing board and try this all over again. Like, why now?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think, unfortunately, I mean, look, I hope this is a permanent shift in terms of their attitude and they'll continue to push for this stuff and actually pass it when they have majorities and hopefully uh, uh, Trump, you know, as president or whoever it is in 2024, Republican. Uh, But, you know, really, this is this is the uniparty. I mean, they do this intentionally. I mean, they're paid by the Chamber of Commerce and and everything else as well, who wants illegal immigration and more of it, Um, you know, cheap labor and so on and so forth and they do this intentionally. They make them campaign issues, and it's it, it, it's kind of insidious because, you know, the Democrats create problems, so they have something to run on and claim that they're going to fix it, and the Republicans always have something they can run on and say, hey, we're going to fix it, and they don't ever fix it. I mean, they, 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 you're exactly right. They put forward their strongest plans the things that we've been demanding for decades and decades when they have no chance of, of success. And when they actually are in a position to do something about it, they're MIA.
0: Yeah, it's very frustrating. We're talking with Drew Thomas Allen, host of the Drew Allen Show podcast. We've got to take a break here in just a second. When we come back, I want to – it flies right on by here. Holy cow. When we come back, I want to shift gears to the debt ceiling issue because that's the other major one right now, the squaring off of Joe Biden saying that he it's cutting spending is non-negotiable. Kevin McCarthy saying that not cutting spending is non-negotiable. Um, Historically, I'm fearful of which side's going to cave first, but the question is the standoff that we see right now is going to be an interesting one going into the deadline that apparently is now June 1st. We'll do some of that when we come back here for a post-Monday celebration on The Voice of Reason. Stay
1: This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for Freedom Every Day, The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, Don Wright, it is welcome back into the
0: program. Thanks for hanging out today doing the thing that we do common sense reason rationale, you know the standards the uh, minority of what's in society in today's times unfortunately that's what we try to promote here on the show welcome back into it we're hanging out with uh, Drew Allen Drew Thomas Allen host of the Drew Allen Chill podcast which you can find on any of your favorite podcasting sites and Drew we were going to I want to talk about the debt ceiling here in a minute however over the break I saw some interesting breaking news As just an hour ago, the man himself, Tucker Carlson, just released a new video on the Tweety and in an hour has eight million impressions, more than really what he had, even as his ratings on Fox News just an hour later
1: saying this. After more than 30 years in the middle of it, we could tell you stories. The best you can hope for in the news business at this point is the freedom to tell the fullest truth that you can. But there are always limits. And you know that if you bump up against those limits often enough, you will be fired for it. That's not a guess. It's guaranteed.
0: Oh, my. There it is. Tucker Carlson making the announcement. Uh, It goes. It's a three minute video saying that he is officially uh, working on launching a Twitter show, doing the same program that he did on Fox News, but doing it on the Tweety site, because he said that is about one of the only platforms left that's actually free on the interweb. Drew, thoughts on that? That's
1: interesting. Well, it's a game changer, and I can guarantee you it's going to be a massive success. Um, and it's going to blow even what he had previously out of the water in terms of viewership and everything else. Um, it's a huge move. It's a bold move. And of course, you'll see the left dismissing it, ridiculing it, hoping for his failure. But the joke's going to be on them. Uh, yeah. Tucker can't fail anywhere he goes. And, you know, Twitter is a great place. I mean, I, I, it, it's a brave decision. It, it's like I said it's it's changing the game and and I wish Tucker the best and I look forward to watching the show on there.
0: It's interesting that he's not doing his own media site, he's not doing his own network, he's not partnering with, you know, say Glenn Beck or, you know, with Newsmax or anything. He's just doing it straight on Twitter. That's interesting to me.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, I had seen some rumors that he was having discussions with Elon Musk perhaps about uh doing something together. Um and uh and so yeah, it is interesting. I mean, I I don't know who knows what the payment structure and all that sort of stuff is, how it's going to work out. Sure. Uh, but I thought maybe he'd launch his own network or launch his own, you know, maybe he will down the road. But I think that in the interest of getting him up and running as fast as possible, given the insanity around us and, frankly, the need for his voice, because he does have a lot of influence in this country. Uh, I'm excited because, you know, the, 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 the structures there, the infrastructures there and he's, he can just, I mean, look, I mean, he's got the technical capabilities. I mean, literally, you're just watching his Fox show on Twitter now. Yeah,
0: that's going to be interesting. So he's, he's launching that program. Like I said, I mean, in an hour that he's posted this, he's got, Two and a half million views and over now it just jumped up to 8.2 million impressions just in the last couple of minutes that we're watching this. So it continues to climb massively. Uh, Drew, we just got just about a minute and a half left of the program here, but let's talk about the debt ceiling for a second. Uh, the stagnation, the the stare down, the game of chicken that we have between the Biden administration who's put on their blinders and ignored the issue for the last 100 days almost, saying that the that any type of budget cuts and spending cuts are a non-starter when Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans have come out with their plan that does increase spending by $1.5 trillion but does cap the amount of growth the government can have over the next few years, where do you think we're going to end out on this? And do you think Republicans have enough huevos to stand their ground and fight this till the end?
1: I hope so because what the best thing they can do is let, let the debt default. And the reason I say that is because it's not possible by law. Uh, this is the big lie they keep feeding us that oh we're going to default on the debt. If we default on the debt, it's because uh, the Biden administration broke the law. They they took in 5.1 or 5.2 trillion dollars last year. They've got funds coming in, revenue coming in every month to pay off the existing debt. What this will force is like a Chapter 11 bankruptcy. You know, they, they will basically have to restructure and prioritize their spending. But it doesn't touch Social Security by law and all these things. They continue to say, oh, they're going to, you know, people aren't going to get their check. That's not true. If that happens, they broke the law. The Biden administration broke the law. So we need this to happen, I think, so Americans wake up and realize they've been bamboozled forever. Because, um, And this is why they fight so hard, because the administration and the Democrats, they know that this is the result. They know what the actual Constitution says and requires. And so uh, they, they don't want that, that coming out because they use this as uh, as a cudgel every single year uh, yeah. to get what they want.
0: Well, it's that game of politics because every time the government shuts down, they have the prerogative to decide what gets funding and what doesn't. And they always find a way to find the programs that hurts Americans the most to show, well, we can't have the government shut down, so therefore Republicans better get on board with us, which means Republicans better have a very good PR game to show that, hey, if they do this, this is illegal, and we're going to hold them accountable for it. It's Drew Allen, Drew Allen Show Podcast. Go and check it out. Drew, it's been way too long, brother. We got to get you back on more frequent again. Anytime. Thanks for having me, brother. Always a pleasure, my friend. All right, that does it for us today. Lots more coming up. I'm telling you, this week is going to make or break the country in many ways. And it's up to us to stay on top of it and pay attention. Until then, podcast it up in a little bit here. Try and enjoy your Tuesday afternoon. This is the Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.